Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about a passage of scripture coming from Acts chapter 2, where it said that God added to their numbers daily the people that were being saved. God was adding to them daily. But before they got to that place of God adding to them daily, it says that they had fellowship with one another. They're fellowshipping. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. And it talks about how they were breaking bread in each other's homes. There was fellowship, and they were praising God. Lately, we've talked about this, the power of praising God. Yesterday, we talked about the importance of the Psalms tell us over and over to praise his name. We talked about all the different names of God, praising him, that he's the God of peace. He's the God who is our righteousness, the God who sanctifies us, the God who's more than enough, the God of all hope and peace and encouragement and comfort, praising his name. We see this just progression, these series of things that the people were doing, and it ultimately led to God adding to their numbers daily. So we're going to be asking God for help today. This seems to be a pattern in scripture. Help us to get this right so that you can add to our numbers daily. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was just doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training gym business. And my business started out great, but I got into some tough times where my business is very up and down. I got some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember getting to the place of just going for a walk with my, my wife around the neighborhood, telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. It wasn't for a lack of seeking and searching, because I've been traveling all over the country, studying with some of the best health and fitness experts in the world, taking books or reading books, taking courses, going to seminars. Not just health and fitness, but other areas like purpose and leadership and business, relationships, finances. But I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And then one day I came across a challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. I've been doing that for a while. And one morning, Proverbs 13, 22, just seemed to jump off the page at me. It says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing we could pass on to future generations? Well, the Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. And so I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. Areas like purpose and health and family and finances. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, I began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me. My relationship with him began to grow. And over the course of about 10 years, I just began to document what he was taking me through to begin to record my journey. It wasn't always easy all the time. I had to unlearn some old things, I had to learn a new way to live. But we make God the source, we make God the center of everything. Had to put off some old ways. I found myself at times in some impossible looking situations. Only to see God just continue to show up and come through over and over again. And over the course of about 10 years of just recording my journey, it turned into this whole program we have now called the Abundant Life Blueprint. With a series of books and courses and now partners. But out of everything in the, we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I believe the most important thing is daily communion. 
Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. Has the ability to just turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. We see this example in the old in the book of Acts. The fellowship of the believers, they're breaking bread together. As often as you do this, it says every day. They were doing it in their houses. Remember him. Helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all these benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, to take it with the fear of the Lord, but deep awe and reverence and honor for the sacrifice of Jesus. And I think it's important we remember both sides of the cross. On one side, we remember all that he suffered for us. But on the other side, we remember what his suffering means for us. How he connects us back to God, gives us this new covenant with God. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture. Coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in First Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick, and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. If communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some practical, physical workout tips and advice. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and all of our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. Thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 
All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. Our relationship with God has got to impact every area of our life today. And remember, masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's what we talk about, executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some energy and some fun into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, to the, the promises or the inheritance that he had for them, he didn't just take them straight there. They had to put off some old ways. They had to learn to do things a new way. They had to learn to walk in God's ways. In a similar way, for us to step into the inheritance that God has for us, the promises that he has for us in our life, I think we have to learn to do things a new way. I think it very simply starts with just that childlike faith and belief. God's got something better for our life, better than we can ever ask or dream or think or imagine. And learning to not look at what we can do in our own strength, but looking at what he can do. To put off those old ways of striving and stressing and worrying about everything and learning how to rest and to trust in him and to allow him to unfold things in his beautiful timing. Just learning to operate in a new way. So our first fundamental. Let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we've got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. And something I need to add to my list here. We see this in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, when it talks about when God got to the place where they're adding to their number daily. The subtitle of that section in my Bible says the fellowship of the believers. In 1 John, it says if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with God, fellowship with one another. Just staying in fellowship with God, fellowship with one another. And we're going to take our position in humility. To have fellowship, you have to walk in humility. Jesus says you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven. You got to humble yourself like this little child. Because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. And we're going to walk in forgiveness. We're going to receive forgiveness from God. We're going to forgive ourselves in the middle. We're going to walk in grace and forgiveness with other people. To have fellowship with one another, we've got to walk in the light. We've got to take our position in love today. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrong. Delighting in the truth. Always hoping. Always trusting. Always persevering. Because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. It's one of the greatest expressions of faith. And we see in this progression we're going to look at today. Praise was a big part of this progression. Stay in positioned in praise today. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. In Christ, God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity. We get to be in him today. We have access to God's spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's health and energy. There's fellowship with one another. Purpose and grace, time, resources, finances, it's all available to be received. And we got to get it flowing through us out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it in our life. So our first fundamental is to get in position. Our second fundamental is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart. Where we become more consistent in it. And to magnify the light. It's all about what we focus on. And lately we've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. 
one basket full of all the issues and problems and testings, the other basket full of our praises. Which one are we going to focus on? Which one are we going to put our focus and attention on? So to magnify the light, we can magnify God's word. His unfailing love, his faithfulness, his mighty works, our righteousness in Christ, every good thing that he put within us. We can stay focused on all the things that are going well, looking back at all that God has already done in our life. And let's magnify, let's praise his name today. He's got all these names. Let's magnify and praise his name today. The name of Jesus, the name above all names. Let's praise his name. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's simply choosing to cast those cares over onto God and to put our focus and attention on him because we rest and we trust in him that he can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, insisting on our own way, bitterness, unforgiveness, having our focus and attention be off, toiling away in our mind. And that's where we're going to learn to recognize the symptoms. When we're out of position or we're magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. There might be the tendency to retaliate at people. We might withhold good things or avoid people, give them the silent treatment. You're going to have a lack of fellowship with people. On the inside, there'll be this heaviness and weight and pressure, like it's all sitting on you. Might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like you're trapped or you're stuck and it seems like there's no way out. And all that heaviness and weight and pressure just drains the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry, frustration. We're envisioning all these worst case scenarios, dreading things in the future. And unfortunately, this can become a pattern. This can become a habit. But we get stuck in these loops that keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fellowship with God, fellowship with people. There's a fullness and completeness in him. And when we rest, God goes to work and everything starts flowing. Everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And his peace and joy and love and mind and wisdom, health and energy, purpose and grace, it all just begins to flow through us. <clears throat> And now we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. And if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it right back around again. How do we do it? I think it's recognizing the symptoms and then humbling ourselves. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. We forgive ourselves in the middle. If we need to say we're sorry or reconcile with somebody else, get back into fellowship with people. We take those steps. And then we start praising and thanking him for his grace and his goodness. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming my way today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. Go through that simple process. Everything, the weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental, we've got to stay tuned into him today. Lately, we've talked about when you begin to magnify, it also begins to amplify, where we hear more clearly from God on the inside. Every day, we've got to stay tuned into him because he's trying to teach us and navigate us throughout the day. My favorite way to do this is with the journal before bed. And lately, we've talked about installing what we call some filters at the top of our journal. These filters are just short phrases, maybe a statement that we keep rewriting every night at the top of our journal. 
as a way to reinforce God's standards for our life. So this filter could look like something like the following. God is working continually for my good. I'm going to do continually good for others. And that short phrase just helps to navigate us throughout the issues and pressures of the day. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify what went well today. What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? Because the more we look for them, the more of them we're going to see. And then I like to ask this question, God, what are you trying to show me today? And just get still and listen. Whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we've got to stay tuned in throughout the day. Every day he's trying to teach us and navigate us. But we've got to stay tuned in. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple of minutes. Just slow down. Get aware of his presence with you. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And then our fourth fundamental, we're going to do what we know to do today. The final thing I like to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do? Because sometimes I was getting out ahead of God. I'm toiling away, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen, trying to take action on things. that maybe it's not quite time for that today. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. It can be easy to come up with all kinds of reasons. Why not to do the things we know to do? So I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. And as I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say first thing in the morning? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak in the Bible. Let there be light. So I began to start my days this way, the very first words out of my mouth, let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. Then we get connected with him. We start praising and thanking him. We start walking out that plan together in partnership with him today. Full confidence that he's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. He begins to add to us. Not us adding to ourselves, but him adding to us. These beautiful and perfect gifts from above. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and just begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. So let's take a look at the scripture. Now, I don't have the full section on here, but the subtitle of this section is called The Fellowship of the Believers. One of the biggest keys to this, I think, is just fellowship. We've talk, been talking a lot about fellowship lately. The Fellowship of the Believers. This is Acts 2, 46 through 47. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. That's the part that's been jumping out to me today. Praising God. Praise was a part of this. And enjoying the favor of all the people. When you have fellowship with people, you're going to have, you're going to have favor. When you have fellowship, you walk in the light, you're going to have favor with people. And what happened as a result of this fellowship? What happened as a result of them breaking bread in their homes, taking communion, fellowshipping with one another, praising God, led to favor, and then it led to, and the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. God began to add to them. 
daily the number of those who are being saved. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for these scriptures that show us this model of the fellowship, breaking bread together, meeting together daily, and praising you, walking in fellowship with one another. And we're asking for your help with this, Father. To help us to get this right and for you to add to our numbers daily. For you to help us get this right and for you to add to our numbers daily. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just take a moment to remember. God didn't have to send Jesus. He could have left us on our own, separated from him forever. He chose to send his one and only son. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself on a cross. To be rejected and betrayed and hit and spit on and mocked, whipped, nailed to a cross. And worst of all, I believe he's separated from God. The cup of God's wrath, all of God's anger and frustration with humanity is poured onto his body. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by him. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And that same victorious power now lives on the inside of us. He connects us back to God, makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. We've got peace with God. All through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. And after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness, transfers us into the light. We can have this covenant relationship with God. This blood-sworn oath that God is with us. He is for us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's working continually for our good. He's fighting for us. So, Father, we thank you for this blood. this cup, and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. All right. One of the exercises on our daily communion workouts, I think it's a basic fundamental exercise we want to get good at, is lunges, walking lunges, or you can do different varieties of lunges. But when you're first getting started with walking lunges, they have the uh, walking lunges tend to make people more sore when they first get started than a lot of different exercises in the front of the thighs and in the glutes tend to make, make people very sore. So if you're just getting started with them, what I would recommend is start with stationary lunges, but just put one foot out in front, one foot behind, just go down, just come right back up. Don't walk with them yet. Then after you've done that for a little while, you've gotten used to them, start by walking, but just do a few steps. I usually start people with maybe something like, I don't know, maybe eight total steps, eight to 10 total steps. No weights, nothing, just body weight only. 
and get used to them and then start building up from there. And then eventually you can add weights to that with dumbbells in your hands, barbells on your body. But walking lunges are great for balance, great for improving single leg strength, which is important to create some balance along the legs. And they work, you know, a lot of different parts of the legs. Great exercise for the knees and hips and ankles and balance and strength, all kinds of things. But start small and gradually build them up over time. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.